Episode 40, Sunday, August 5th, 2012. It's that time again. XJ Talk Show is on the air. Uh, okay, so it's a podcast, but you know what I mean. Anyway, here's Tony. Hi, guys. Uh, well, wow, we've hit a milestone. 40 episodes. Bit of a break there in the middle, but uh, we're back on track now. Weekly shows. This week, we're going to have the part two of the uh, piece. Uh, I want to get it wrong. Uh, I want to say PCRG. Uh, we're going to have part two of PRC Jeep. Uh, part one was last week, episode 39. So uh, we'll get to that and another Jeep tip here shortly. xjtalk.com it's where you go when you're not off-road well guys uh, had a, a good weekend this past weekend drove up to um, conroe and uh, took a little uh, zigzag from conroe over towards uh, cleveland to uh, ms morenberg's uh, shop and uh, it's not a, a shop <clears throat> where there's um, well i can't say where there's not work going on there's always something going on at the shop but it's not a uh, what I would say a, a business shop where um, you go to get mechanicing done and uh, you uh, drop a thousand dollars just to have oil changed or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I can make a living changing oil. But anyway, I uh, went up there and uh, mainly I was just going, going up there to kind of uh, visit Matt and uh, have a look at the engine, especially uh, since we got the brown dog motor mounts in. He had. Uh, uh, sent me some pictures, and uh, my God, those things are just massive. And uh, I thought I would take a trip up there, take uh, the water pump and uh, a couple other things that uh, I had for the motor that for some reason or another got uh, shipped directly to me instead of being shipped directly to Matt. And uh, Matt had plans to uh, go ahead and, and uh, finish up putting the motor together, so I uh, stood there and watched and slowed him down uh, several times asking questions about uh, what was that and how does that work and uh, uh, basically testing my understanding of uh, my uh, engine building experience from many, many years ago. 
And of course, it wasn't a Jeep engine. I was uh, doing small block Chevrolets at the time. I think I did a, a total of three of them. It took me um, took me that that many times to get it right. <laughs> but uh, the final one ran good until the uh, till I broke a main. But that was uh, too much skinny pedal. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, was I uh, was there to see the head put on and the. Uh, the rockers, the springs, uh, all the covers. Uh, posted up several pictures on uh, xjtalk.com, and um, if you uh, well, let's see. You could probably just do a search for xj doc uh, on uh, on Google for xj talk, then um, 4.0 rebuild. I believe it's called. Let me just look here real quick. Uh, Jeep 4.0 L for liter rebuild. And uh, then you can go and look and see how that whole build's been progressing. Very exciting. Uh, currently, we are looking at uh, uh, installing the engine in the uh, coming weekends, probably towards the end of the month. And uh, I believe uh, I've got enough stuff on there that it will uh, be almost a uh, take the other one out, drop this one in, and uh, put hook up the, uh, the, ca- the the cabling to the sensors and try starting it. I do need to uh, get a uh, oil filter and some oil, and uh, I think we're going to. Uh, um, well, I'm not quite sure. I might pick up a set of uh, spark plugs, or I may use the Firewire spark plugs that uh, I have. Uh, just clean them up a little bit and go ahead and put it back on there. I'm tempted to um, move some of the stuff over simply because. You never know if if it's something new, if it's going to, if it might have a problem. But the whole engine's new pretty much, so I don't know. I'm going to think about that. Anyway, got the uh, uh, the 99 plus intake on it. Got a the new uh, exhaust header on there. And uh, that thing looks really nice. It has a couple of expansion uh, areas. Hopefully, this will uh, it will keep this one from cracking. I sure do hate listening to that uh, ticking noise of the exhaust leak on the uh, the very commonly cracked exhaust uh, headers or exhaust uh, manifolds on the the Jeep Cherokee, the 4.0s. It's a shame they're like that. It's a shame they do that. I guess that's just the way it is uh, with the heat and uh, the movement that. Uh, and also, too, it, it seems to come in contact, at least the downpipe seems to come in contact with the uh, the front diff uh, quite often. So you put on the heat and uh, pressure, and I guess something has to give. Uh, better it than uh, where the exhaust manifold uh, meets the uh, head, I suppose. So on my trip up to Matt's place, it's about a 70-mile um, uh, drive for me uh, one way. And on the way up there, it was about 82 degrees. And if I drove 70, 72 miles an hour, I would get up in the 217 degree range. And this is looking at the OBD2 data uh, that I had running on uh, Torque and um, the little OBD2 uh, nub that I put on uh, the uh, the port uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was like 20 bucks, $25 from, uh, from eBay. I think it came from China. So small that it's uh, you, you you don't really even see it. It's uh, it's probably about an inch, maybe an inch and a half long. So it fits in there very snugly. And I've had it on there for about uh, three weeks now, I guess. And um, 
uh, most of the time uh, I park come Friday evening when I get home uh, from work and don't start the uh, Cherokee until uh, Monday morning. And I have not had a problem with uh, that uh, OBD2 uh, Bluetooth adapter um, causing a, a battery drain where I can't get it started or if, even if it starts slow or even making it start slow. So I've been real, real pleased with that. And it just makes it really convenient to um, have the um, have the cell phone run up the smartphone, uh, turn on uh, turbo, and uh, I'm sorry, not turbo, turn on torque, and uh, look and see what the various readings are that are available on the uh, 4.0 uh, using the OBD2 interface. I did take some screenshots. I haven't posted those, but uh, the only thing it doesn't do is show you what the outside air temperature is, which would be nice, especially in a situation where you're trying to determine how well your engine cooling system is working. Uh, so that's why I mention it. Uh, I, I looked based on the weather information that I get on the smartphone. Uh, going up there, 82 degree air temperature, and um, I would just uh, I would get as high as... Uh, 217 I believe and that was around 72 miles an hour but if I dropped down to 65 uh, it didn't take very long for it to get down to 212 even 210 kind of you can see it kind of uh, wavering in between those two so um, I think that uh, I've mentioned numerous times I, th I believe I do have a bit of a, a head leak that's causing some of the gases to get into the um, the combustion gases to get into the uh, the water jacket and, and heat up the water. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to getting this new engine in and not having that problem. Um, still a little concerned about that because I've had the problem for so long, and it really has kept me from uh, doing very much long distance driving in the Jeep. Uh, now on the way back, it was uh, much warmer. I think it was around 92, 94, maybe 94 uh, degrees air temperature. And uh, I was running uh, 222. Um, see, did I ever get above that? I'm trying to remember. I have to actually go back and review my screenshots that I took. But uh, I was fairly happy with that. I would have been a lot happier with uh, something around the 215, 217 range. But uh, additional uh, 10 to 12 degree air temp uh, meant I was running uh, about, um, I don't know, 2, 4 degrees more. Uh, never hit 230. Uh, I think it was like uh, 222.8, maybe uh, maybe a little higher uh, at times if I tried to, to drive 70. Now, oh, that was the other thing. I made sure I, I stayed at 65 on the way back. There was a few times that I would speed up uh, faster than that, but most of the time it was um, 65 miles per hour, per hour all the way back. But the, the good thing is, engine's got 180,000 miles on it. It's got a... Uh, uh, a head leak causing the um, the coolant to uh, run a little hot, and uh, it made another 140 mile round trip to uh, Conroe, uh, if nothing else, just to kind of hang out and watch the uh, watch the 4.0 uh, being rebuilt. So that was fun. It was uh, good to meet uh, Dalton 4x4, who uh, whose nickname is Bear, and. Uh, he is uh, a longtime XJ Talk member, and he made the the, the trip out from uh, Virginia to Texas. He's now a uh, Texas resident. He hasn't changed the plates on his Jeep yet, so I guess he's not officially a Texas resident until he does that. Although there are there are people here that uh, uh, have been here for 
two or three years and still haven't changed their plates out because uh, when you change your plates to Texas plates, that's when you have to pay taxes on the uh, value of your vehicle. <laughs> and some people just uh, don't want to pay that, can't afford it. Uh, either one, I don't blame them. That's uh, Nobody likes paying taxes. So anyway, uh, that was a lot of fun going up there, hanging out with Matt and uh, Bear and uh, there was a, uh, a couple more people uh, up there. Uh, one guy was doing a, uh, a transmission job on a, uh, God, what was it, a Nissan or something? Uh, had it up on the rack. And uh, I'll tell you this, it was hot. It was really hot up there. And uh, it, was a, it was a wet heat because <laughs> it, uh, it was humid and hot. And even if it wasn't humid, it would have uh, still been wet from all the uh, the sweating. I, I actually made a run down to the local uh, Exxon gas station to uh, get some more waters to put in the refrigerator. And, uh, but we were, we were really going through those waters. But um, it was good, to, uh, it was good to, to get over there and look and watch and just uh, kind of uh, take pictures of the, of the motor and actually see it really coming together. Uh, it's been in a a short block state for uh, maybe a month, I guess. And it's definitely in the long block uh, state. We, uh, we were digging around trying to find the oil pump that came uh, with the pistons and couldn't. So um, Matt surmised that it was probably uh, still at his house. So we couldn't put the, uh, the oil, pan, oil pan on until we had the oil pump. And uh, I went ahead and took the opportunity to order a uh, oil pickup instead of uh, us uh, using one of the ones from uh, around the shop off of one of the other 4.0s that are uh, littering the shop. Uh, I'll say littering. There's uh, at least two. I saw at least two that they were, uh, he and Bear were trying to get some uh, some parts off of uh, bolts and washers to uh, get mine together. So, uh, man, it's always nice to have, uh, have a nice big area to work in. It's always nice to um, have uh, additional parts to pull from even though I bought a lot of parts you know that you it's so difficult to remember everything and uh, of course it's good to have uh, good friends there that you can uh, talk to and uh, BS with about uh, various things so it was a fun Saturday it was very tiring if if for no other reason just from being hot for uh, several hours and the uh, gosh I guess that was a two Two and a half hour drive for me. It wouldn't have been nearly as bad if it wasn't for the drive, but I don't go up there that often, and uh, I suspect that once uh, once we get the new motor in there, it'll be a lot uh, a lot easier. Uh, it's always a little uh, frustrating, well, maybe not frustrating, certainly frustrating, but uh, tiring watching uh, your temperature gauge, and it's it's actually much better now than uh, what it was since I put in that uh, that aluminum. Uh, one core or one row radiator, uh, it's actually acting a lot better than it did uh, because I would have been looking at something closer to 230 degrees uh, easily driving 65 miles an hour. So anyway, that's the way those things are. You uh, you do the best you can. You try to work them out. And then uh, if, it, if you don't, you uh, go another direction until you do work it out. So... Uh, end of this month looking at uh, changing out that engine that's going to be very exciting as long as it well i guess it'll be exciting either way won't it whether it works or it doesn't but <laughs> it's not uh it's not the first uh 
the first motor that Matt's ever built, and uh, actually he uh, recently built a, a 4.0 that he has in his uh, 97 uh, Jeep Cherokee. And of course, it was good looking at that and pulling up alongside his and getting a uh, a good uh, a good idea between the the dis- difference between a four and a half inch lift uh, weighted down by um, several hundred pounds of bumpers and uh, sliders and uh, uh, winch spare tire etc. Uh, next to uh, his uh, 97 with the uh, the six and a half inch lift in the rear. He hasn't uh, done the, the front yet. So uh, that's that, and uh, we'll have more on the uh, trials and tribulations of the uh, the new 4.0, which is actually, a, I guess, a 4.1 since it's got 60 over on the pistons. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really anxious to see how well that thing is going to perform see if I can uh, um, imp- uh, impress my seat of the pants. Uh, what do you call it? Dynamometer? Dino? Uh, I guess everybody calls it a dyno. So anyway, uh, we have uh, part two of the interview with uh, PRC Jeep this week, Patrick. And, uh, of course, we'll have another uh, Jeep tip. So... Uh, Hang in there, and uh, we'll get that going. Oh, I did want to mention one other thing. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this on the prior show. We now have a um, a liaison between uh, social media. Yeah, I did mention this between social the social media things like uh, Twitter and Facebook. And I don't know that I uh, announced uh, the person's name, uh, the uh, the handle or nickname, whatever you like, that is on xjtalk.com is uh, K-Ski. You know, like you go water skiing or snow skiing. K is in kilo-ski. And just wanted to thank uh, K-Ski for jumping in there and uh, taking on the responsibility of uh, posting uh, interesting articles and pictures uh, that are on xjtalk.com. Uh, to the social media uh, scene. Hopefully, uh, those that are not uh, members of XJ Talk will find uh, the, in- in- the information interesting, and hopefully they'll come and visit and uh, read our posts and then uh, maybe even participate in uh, the posts that we have. Because that's what the forum's all about, is participation. Uh, some people are just not comfortable in forums, and I, I think one of the reasons is they, they either have never been on a forum or they tried it and they were just treated horribly. And they didn't want, you know, who who likes to be treated like you know, with, without respect? So uh, that's one of the reasons why we started this site, so we could make sure that people were treated with respect. And there's always a possibility that somebody's going to say something derogatory to you, but uh, hopefully one of the mods will see it We'll take care of it. We will um, work with the individual that is uh, posting things that are inappropriate and, uh, you know, basically try to make it a pleasant experience for you. So if you're a podcast listener and not a xjtalk.com member or even just an xjtalk.com guest browsing the post, we urge you to come over and uh, have a look and see what you think of the site. Uh, We've got a feedback area. And, uh, in fact, you can uh, uh, call in your feedback to uh, our um, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week um, question and comments line. Do you have a question or comment that you'd like to hear on the show? Just call 530-675-4102 any time of the day or night and leave it on our voicemail. 
really, really simple. Uh, nobody's ever going to answer that line, so all you have to do is call, and uh, you know, it's just like any uh, any voicemail. It, uh, it'll just answer your call, and you leave your message, and uh, we may even play it on the show. Did you know that xjtalk.com is on Facebook? Just go to facebook.com slash xjtalk and friend us. We're also on Twitter, twitter.com slash xjtalk. Oh, red jeeps are sexy. (laughs) Well, before we get to part two of our interview with uh, uh, PRC Jeep Patrick, we're going to uh, do our next uh, Jeep tip. Son of a bitch. Jeep tips. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Well, it's good to be here, Tony. Today I wanted to talk about uh, taking the thermostat out of your Jeep so that possibly it might run cooler. I know a lot of people have asked that on the forum, and uh, it's a tempting thing to do, but it, it really doesn't help anything. I tried that years ago on, on a Jeep that I had that had a uh, 351 V8 in it, and it was running a little warm in that uh, flat fender. And I found that uh, when the weather was cold, the engine never got warm. And when the weather was hot, it got really hot. 
<laughs> so it didn't take me long to put my thermostat back in. It, and and why did it? I don't understand why it got hot uh, on on hot days. I would think that you know it running through there without any restriction would allow it to be cooler. Well, you would think so, but uh, what most people don't realize is that your water pump is capable of uh, pumping a lot of water on when you have your RPMs elevated, and so it just shoots the water through there, and it doesn't spend enough time in the radiator to get cool, and spends too, it spends a little more time in block, and it just keeps getting hotter and hotter, and uh, it's just not able to get rid of the heat. So uh, your thermostat actually acts as a restriction device so that that water pump doesn't pump quite so much water. So it just never gets a chance to get cooled off. It's not in the radiator long enough. That's interesting. Yeah, and what the thing is, is, is the reason you need that restrictive device in there is because your your water pump at an idle, say, uh, 650 RPMs, um, needs to be able to pump water through your engine. But if you turn that pump 10 times faster, it's going to pump that water 10 times faster. And so it needs a restriction device to slow it down to what it would be at your lower RPM. So it's, it's a metering device as, as well as a uh, device to uh, regulate the temperature of the engine. So what problems does it cause not having a uh, thermostat in our, our modern or more modern day vehicles, the ones with computers? Yeah. Well, nowadays we have uh, fuel injection and everything's run by uh, uh, a computer, as you say, and the fuel injection has to mimic a carburetor and if you're old school, you remember that uh, carburetors have chokes, and the reason they do is that you have to have the mixture rich uh, when you first start a vehicle so that while the engine's cold, it'll run. Otherwise, it'll just fall on its nose and stumble if, without that rich mixture. And then as the vehicle gets warm, <clears throat> the uh, choke goes off, and then it runs on its regular normal mixture. The uh, fuel injection has to mimic that you still have to have the mixture rich in a fuel-injected engine. So the computer shoots a little more gas into the uh, cylinders when uh, it's cold. And it gets its information from the temperature sensor in the head, which is right before the uh, thermostat. And if that uh, temperature sensor reads like it's a cold engine, then uh, you're going to run a rich mixture, and your mileage is really going to be in the toilet. Uh, you might end up with six miles to a gallon and wonder why. <laughs> well, will it run any cooler, though? Well, it, it would in cold weather. You know, it would it would be, uh, you know, like you say, in, in cool weather, they'll generally run cold, and then in hot weather, they'll get hot uh, if you're running them very hard. So, uh, uh, if it if you're in cooler weather and it never warms up, then you know you're going to really have some bad gas mileage. So it, you need to run a, a thermostat that's either 180 to to 195 someplace in there, and and then you'll run uh, uh, the proper mixture. My opinion is it's bad not to have a thermostat in there, and from from some of the reasons what you said, I haven't experienced the the running hot thing, but. Um, I guess what you're what you're saying is is that if it, it it's going to run rich if you don't have it in there because it's going to stay cooler longer. 
Well, I guess when it eventually warms up, uh, it will run normally, but you'll be running uh, a, a lower uh, miles per gallon until it does. Well, true, but it's got to get above 160 to 65 degrees, or it's it's never going to get out of that uh, running rich mode. Okay, so uh, only until it, it warmed up. or But it's still going to warm up, right? I mean, the thermostat doesn't... Um, Removing the thermostat doesn't keep the uh, the engine from warming up. It just makes it longer for it to warm up. Is that correct? It depends on the weather. On a, on a cold day, it would probably never warm up. Gotcha. Oh, well, of course. Um, that makes sense. But let, let's say it's a 90-degree day outside, and you're having problems with your, your engine running hot. Removing the thermostat would not be a way to, to, to make it uh, run cooler. No, it wouldn't. If you're running hot, there's other things you have to address besides the thermostat unless the thing is just not working if it's if it's stuck shut or something like that well then yeah it would be a benefit to take it out but if it's uh working normally no you you need you wouldn't gain anything at all really and uh i I guess one of the reasons why it's nice to be able to take it out is because it's so handy it's on the front of the engine and really easy to get to two bolts and a gasket and you got it and you can take it out and uh and drive around but Unfortunately, uh, quite often uh, the solutions to, or, or long-term solutions to problems aren't that easy. So uh, uh, perhaps this would be another topic, but let me ask you real quick. Um, what about using something other than a 195-degree thermostat? Some people like to use a 180 or lower. Uh, you can go down to 180, but I wouldn't go any lower than 180. And again, the 180 is not going to solve any overheating issues it's just going to take longer for the, the Jeep to warm up to operating temperature. No, it'll warm up, actually, actually it'll warm up the same with the 180 thermostat in it. But it, um, what it won't do um, is, is on a cool day, it's, if you're having problems with overheating, it may run at 180 uh, on a cool day, and your heater would be a little less warm. Right. But on a hot day, when you're stressing the cooling system, if it's not able to keep up, with the uh, demands of the Jeep anyway, having a 180-degree thermostat isn't going to help it. Okay. It's still going to get overheated. Okay. Bottom line is uh, no thermostat or a lower thermostat is not a resolution for an engine or a cooling system running hot. That is correct. And you can actually, at least uh, uh, in the, uh, the older vehicles you've experienced, not having a, uh, a thermostat can actually cause it to overheat during a hot day. That is correct. Gotcha. Excellent. Great tip. And now for a disclaimer. Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained certified mechanic. And now as promised, here's part two of Patrick's interview. PRC Jeep. Already in progress. It was about... 2.30 in the afternoon, we weren't going to drive into Mexico. Um, We we got a hotel in in Laredo and took it easy that night. I went ahead and uh, I changed out the spark plugs. I went to O'Reilly's and bought new spark plugs because I had, it was, it was sending off some, some check engine lights Mm -hmm. and it was running, uh, it was running rough. That's what it was pretty much. For me to have power without it being choppy and, and um, 
acting like a throttle position sensor issue, I had to have the pedal all the way down. Wow. Um, in fact, that's how I drove through Mexico most of the way. <laughs> is is if I didn't have full throttle, then it, it, it would it would hesitate really bad. You know, we thought it could be spark plugs or the wires or the rotor. Um it I changed out the throttle position sensor, but I, it ended up being the wiring that goes that goes into the plug for the throttle position sensor. Hmm. Somehow it's fixed itself because it was still happening, you know, around a month and a half ago. My check engine light would come off a week and it would it would act kind of funny and then it would go away. Other than that, the engine was running just fine. It was just that hesitation. Right. And I could go and wiggle that wire up and down and I could make it do it and I could make it stop. So it, it's so it's, it's, it's actually shape, right? it's it's actually the the connector that goes to the the throttle positioning sensor that you have the problem with. Yeah, it's the wiring in the in the back of the plug. Hell, man, get go to the junkyard, get you another one, cut it and crimp it, and be done with it. Exactly. I I just did that for my AC controls this last weekend. Mm-hmm. They toasted themselves. It's a it's an ongoing process. Any anytime you do something like this. Um, it's not something, certainly it wasn't something you, you could complete. Uh, how, how many hours did you put into it that night? Uh, 12, 14, on that, the last day before you drove the, uh, I worked, the 300 uh, miles? All day, I guess about 19 hours. We left there, came by the house, got our bags, and drove to Laredo. I bet you that was a good sleep. Oh, yeah, we slept through the, the wake-up call. Apparently they knocked on the door. <laughs> Um, thankfully there wasn't a and it fire was also, <laughs> the funny thing was is we, we had talked to my mom and, and stuff and she's like well just go ahead and leave early even though you're at the border already it's not going to take as long but go ahead and leave you know as early as you can 6 or 7 in the morning well that was the daylight saving switch we lost an hour <laughs> we didn't think about that yeah and well you had a lot of other things to think about I would imagine that uh, the reason why you were trying to get there early was so uh, to beat any lines at the border. Well, it, it's. I think going into Mexico, there's less lines. It's coming out where the, the our customs are a little bit more stringent. Um. Because we went ahead when we got there Saturday night, we went ahead and went across the border and got our tourist cards. It's a it's like a temporary visa. You have to have it if you're going outside of the border zone, which is, I think, 15 or 16 miles past the border. They call it, if you're going to the interior of Mexico, you have to have this permit. Right. Well, you don't have to, but if you get pulled over, you better have it. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. you're going to go to jail, and then you're going to have to buy it. Right. It's just another thing not to have to worry about, because there's, there's the federalities and the crooked ones. and. Mm-hmm. Everything else you already have to kind of worry about. Right. <laughs> so, as well as the drug cartels. So, it was just a, just a matter of you getting on the road and uh, getting over there uh, so you could make the trip during the day. Exactly. Gotcha. We made it there, and I changed out those spark plugs that night and woke up. Left a little bit later than we wanted to, but driving all the way through Mexico, I mean, it was a, it was a great drive. Um, I love driving, which is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, since my temperature gauge wasn't hooked up, you know, very well, I would pull over about 
every hour or so just to get out and check the water level um, and add water. I was at, once I got into Mexico, I guess that that initial drive that Saturday to the border at Laredo, my water pump started leaking. The the uh, the old water pump was leaking out a little bit. Right. Was it uh, coming out the weep hole or? Um, uh, I I'm pretty sure that it was coming out the weep hole. So it yeah, was but, it was just a bad. It, it just had lived its life. Yeah. It, it sat. It it worked just fine, and then it sat there long enough to where once it started working up, it it wore itself out real quick. Right. And I'm, so it probably was the seal wasn't very good since it had been sitting like that. So the coming out the weep hole makes sense. So some of the other things, like for preparation, I, I had already known um, with my gas mileage and whatnot, I hadn't driven down there myself and paid for the fuel and everything. So I had two $5, five gallon gas, can, gas cans on the back mm-hmm. on one of those racks. Right. Um, I had my new off-road uh, rack up, up top, and I had, my, I had a spare tire up there. I also brought an additional spare tire that I put on the rack in the back. And then I bought that morning at HEB, I bought 10 gallons of uh, distilled water, you know, just in case I, I didn't want to be stuck without it. Sure. So, um, I think I lost a few on some bumps. They, they have a uh, speed bumps just randomly. Sometimes when you're coming up on a town, Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the road humps we have here around Houston, you know the the, the the gentle slope that if you go over it really fast, it's not bad. But if you go over it slow, it's not bad. But if it's the in between where it really articulate articulate your suspension. Sure. These are more like tabletops. They're like a foot up, straight across, and then a foot down, <laughs> like driving over curb stops. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, I, I hit one of those. The first town I, I had known, I just got off of the phone with my mom and she said, yeah, you should be coming up on this town and watch out for the topes. That's what they call them. They're speed bumps. I'm like, okay, okay. And I see the sign way up there. Well, normally in, in the States, the sign is before you get to whatever it is. Not at it. Not at it. This one, <laughs> it's got the little tope symbol, the little road hump thing, and it's pointing down meaning it's right here. <laughs> and so I nailed it at like 55 miles an hour and I saw water just shoot up in the back. I'm like, oh, well, there goes all my water. I had it strapped down and bungeed down on, onto that rack, but that still didn't right. stop all of it from compressing. Sure. And I lost like four gallons of water, but I still had three other ones and I was almost there. So I had used some of the other water on the way down. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, it was uh, smooth sailing. We got there at sunset. So at this point, had you worked out the uh, the engine miss or were you, uh, well, I guess you said you were still having that problem. So you had to fight it, the, the running bad the whole trip. Yeah, it was kind of on and off, but Mexico is so hilly. I would have to be at full throttle anyways to go up some of the hills to maintain speed. Gotcha. The driving in Mexico is nothing like it is in the States because like they have a lot of semi traffic like we do, except the semis, they don't care who you are, where you are. If they want to move over, they're coming over. So you either have to get by them so quickly that you don't have a chance of getting hit by them, 
or just wait until you know it's clear they don't have a reason to come over. Right. And so it, I was I was pretty much pedal the metal most the entire trip down there, and I think uh, that was still with my old gear ratios. When it said 55 on my speedometer, I was really going 75. And I think the fastest I ever got up to on the trip was like 85, 90 miles an hour loaded up. I didn't really care to go any faster on those roads because they're, they're really rough. Sure. And even though they're tollways. And I don't know if you, if you knew it or not, but you were running in a, a 4.0 liter engine that hadn't been run in seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I so it's it so yet. it's good you kept it down. You kept the, the RPMs down like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm pushing this motor to the limits. I know it's leaking a water pump. I, you know, <laughs> I got a raging case of herpes. <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> so just pretty much everything was going wrong, but it was but it was kept it kept you going. It got you where you, where you were going to. That's amazing. That is yeah. just amazing. That says like, a I, lot. Not not only does it say about uh, the the time and effort that you put into it, it says a lot about the design of the engine. And I don't Those think are, I don't think they make any more engines like that uh, that are that good. I, I really don't. Hell, they they kept them until two thousand three or two thousand four when they had to update them due to the fuel economy. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, those things are bulletproof, and unless it's in mine. <laughs> well, but Patrick, let's be honest though that the you fired quite a few bullets at yours. Yeah, that's true. When it wasn't yeah. when it wasn't being overheated, it was being bounced around all on the trail. I think mm-hmm. the only thing that's kept this one together is that you don't have any uh, the the front differential on your uh, your Jeep is not working. <laughs> oh, I got that fixed. Oh, did you? How I long? Found, how long I, I ago? Sw- I, I did um I did axle swaps. Ah, okay. Uh, just to get the three fifty five gearing. I guess one was what was it Labor Day we just had before Fourth of July. Right. Uh, I went to the pick apart. It was half off, and I got a rear axle, and then uh, I swapped out the front axle. I guess about a month later, threw my front drive shaft in, and I went off road. And I guess about four weeks ago. Oh, I bet you that was nice. It was the first time since uh, Mexico. Yep. Actually, first time since February when I broke my front differential. But um, I know, like in Mexico, when we were down there since I had just done all this motor stuff and I was certain that everything was okay, except for the water pump. My mom knew a mechanic down there and well, labor's about as cheap as dirt. We, we took it over there. He replaced the water pump for me, went over everything, checked oil, topped off everything. Everything was perfect. And, uh, the only other thing I did to my Jeep while I was down there is I had it, uh, I had some body work done. And I had a nice uh, red paint job. Which was uh, to the dismay of several XJ Talk members. Absolutely. Well, my, myself included. It was. What but co- I went with red because I, I had thought about it in the past. When I, when I painted, I had a couple different ideas. You know, it was either the, the OD green or mm-hmm. the desert tan. Right. Um, but that was if I had done it myself, you know, and it wasn't going to be a perfectly straight bodied Jeep. Yeah. Flat, and so uh, since uh, I had the opportunity, I figured, why not make it look the best? And and I the other idea I had was to paint it red and white, you know, myself for, for University of Houston colors. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of the theme that I, I went ahead and picked, uh, I think it was, uh, 
not Dunlop. Um, I can't even remember DuPont Victory Red, the 2012 Chevrolet color, and it it pretty much matched U of H's color red, perfect. I can't remember what color was it before. It was a green. It was um PGF, like a pearl green, but almost almost more foresty. Well, you know what they say about red Jeeps, right? Yeah, they don't break so much. No. Oh, red Jeeps are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's for damn sure. <laughs> How does the girlfriend like it? The color or the Jeep? The color. She's got oh, like, she I mean, she's, she's a girlfriend, so she has to like the Jeep. Well, she thought I was copycatting her because her, her truck, she has a 2005 Chevy 2500. Mm-hmm. And it, it's red. It's not the victory red, but it, it's still, um, I don't know, bright red. Their, their colors are so similar, but right side by side, they're not. Right. Um, well, it's like whenever, I, I, whenever we met up uh, over there at the gas station close to where I work, and I looked at it, and it looked like the same red as mine, but parked side by side, I could see the color difference. So there's a, there's a subtle difference. I think yours is a little brighter, a little more... Uh, a little, I guess, redder or blue has some some blue to it, more blue to it than what mine does. I think mine's more of a yellow uh, red. Right. Yeah. There's a little little bit darker tint. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you made it all the way over there. You got to visit. You got your your some mechanic work done. You know, I bet you it was wonderful having that water pump changed, and all you did was drop it off and pick it up. Yeah, and it cost like thirty bucks. <laughs> Sweet deal. And, and then and uh, then and then you had it painted while it while it was over there, body work and painted. And that was yeah, an, that was, was a, another thirty dollars. No, thirty <laughs> times twenty. Uh yeah, six it was less than six hundred dollars to have the all the body work and, and the paint. And let me tell you, the only straight panel on that Jeep was the roof. I don't doubt it. Um they they fixed my fiberglass, the the front clip, they fixed my fiberglass hatch that was thanks to another XJ talk. So I'm trying to push start me, crushed in the rear hatch. Mm. Um, everything it was it was about one and a half days of body work and prep, and then that that evening and and morning they primed and painted it. I left and there was still spots where it wasn't dry, <laughs> and so I was concerned about all the bugs that were going to get stuck on on the way back. They all came off. I gave it a good, a real good um, compounded wax when I got back about a week later, and there's not really any marks on it. There's a, only bug marks that look, you know, got stuck in it when it was painted. I know about. Right. You have to look for them to find them. But I mean, I mean it's a lot better than it was. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you're you're still way ahead from where you were, and uh, chances are it's going to get uh, scratched and uh, so on and so forth as you go off road more. So uh, I don't That's think it's a, true. I don't think it's a bad deal. I mean, it would be really bad if you had spent $1,500 getting that done and then scratched it up. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that, that wouldn't ever happen. <laughs> Not unless $1,500 fell onto it like a paint job. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying it would make it really hard to take it off road. Oh, it, 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 it still has. I mean, that's, that's what made me put off going ahead and getting my, my axles fixed and stuff. Otherwise I would have been out there every weekend working on it to, to go wheel it hard like I used to. And I mean, when I went this last time, I was taking it easy. It, 
it, you can have just as much fun the same way. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't have to. I don't have to slam it into that that uh, drop ten times to see if I can make it. Right. I, the thing that impresses me the most are the guys that go out there. It's their daily driver, and they go out there and do that, and they do it, and they do it, and they do it, and they fix it, and do it, fix it, do it. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not that into working on my Jeep. I like driving it and it's a lot of fun taking it off road, but I don't like breaking it and fixing it. Well, see that, that's, that's the kind of driver I was. Mine's my daily driver. And I, you, I mean, you see me go out there and wheel. I think, I think I was out there one time with you and, um, I go out there and wheel it hard and if something broke. Well, it's a good thing we wheeled on Saturday. So I had Sunday to fix it. Yeah. I guess that's the way people look at it. I think I'm just basically lazy. I think that's the problem. I prefer not to have to work on it unless it's, you know, regular maintenance. Right. Well, that's the, and, and actually the, the Jeep will take a lot of abuse. Um, and I'm just have to breaking stuff. Yeah. It will, it will take a lot of abuse without having to, uh, without having to do anything but maintenance. So, uh, was the trip back pretty une- uneventful? Um, let's see here. As far as driving and the mechanicals of the Jeep. Yep. Well, we, we, the only, eventful part of it was we spent pretty much all our money in mexico oh, I, I don't, I don't doubt it yeah um but you had four hundred dollars of parts to turn in when you got back <laughs> that's true yeah because uh well i knew that but we had to make it out of this out of this oh yeah mexico oh yeah of course <laughs> and so i mean we're, we're low on funds and and we got to get the only expense we had you know we, we packed packed food and i'm like just make sure that we have enough money for gas mm-hmm um, and we didn't want to change too much cash into pesos. Sure. Because then when we get in the states, the pesos aren't any good. Right. But if we didn't have enough pesos, then we couldn't buy enough gas. But but we made it across. It was uh, it was uneventful until about four miles before the border, and it wasn't a jeep issue. It was it was road conditions. Hmm. Uh, it was actually. It wasn't road conditions. It was what was going on on the road. Oh, okay. It was something straight out of um, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. I'm, I'm going down one of the border roads that leads up to the to one of the crossings that's just outside of Laredo because it was supposed to be less busy. And that's also the same place where I can get my, my refund for my car permit. And so it's a little bit out of the way, but it's it's going to be faster, and you can get your refund there at that border crossing. And so this this road parallels the border, and right on the other side of the border is another road paralleling the border. And we come up on this train depot, and I see it off in the distance, a whole bunch of brake lights. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh, great, there's a police checkpoint up here. And it's about 930. It's getting dark, and I didn't want to be in Mexico in the dark. And I'm, other thing that goes through my head is I'm in the border zone. That's where more of the, the drug cartels and the, and the crimes and criminal activities going on. And there's just a sea of taillights up ahead of me. And I'm like, this is going to be taking forever. And once I get closer, I start seeing, you know, cars zipping this way and that way. And I get close enough, you know, about four or 500 yards away, I can see fish tailing lights, taillights, <laughs> and smoke coming up, and then cars just taking off. And I, I mean, it was it was shocking. I didn't know what to do when I was driving up on this. There's street racing down the middle of the highway, and uh, there was I call them heats. There was four rows of four cars lined up, 
these different Camaros, Mustangs, new, old, really, really nice, some stock, you know, you name it. And um, I just, I didn't know what to do. I just kind of stayed back until all those those cars went down their heat. And then I just drove right through, hoping that nobody would come after me or try to run me off the road or God knows what. Right. <laughs> and then about two miles later, I was in, in the U.S., so I was happy. Well, that phone is really loud. Yeah, I, I just picked it up. So. So you made it through. Yep, everything was good. And and since that time, the uh, I, I would assume that the the only problems are like what you've already spoke about, which is the the connection to the the TPS, and uh, you still need to get the um, the second. Um, temperature sensor hooked up so that your gauge inside is it uh, an idiot light or a gauge that you have on your dash it's it's a gauge so you just need to get the uh, get that hooked up and your gauge will work correct and uh, let's see this was back in march that you were going so it's been uh four three or four months now then yep so your 475 seventy five dollar purchase of a 97 uh jeep cherokee was uh, a pretty good deal and it it even turned out better because I, I sold the rest of it to Matt for two hundred bucks. So, uh, Patrick, how, what would you say is the the most interesting thing of this whole trip? The most interesting thing is it, it was definitely the drive down. It was you know it was nerve wracking the whole way, just kind of holding on to the seat of your pants and going for the, going for the ride. And that just that just amazes me is the seven year old engine hasn't run. You put it in, it starts. You drive, you drive the eight hundred miles. I guess is what it was half uh, halfway there, and then the eight hundred miles back. And of course, there was some there was some work. There was some things that you had to do along the way, but but it still got you from point A to point B, and it's still getting you from point A to point B even uh, four months later. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we were we were talking about what's going on with that ninety seven now. It it didn't have an engine. It had front end damage as far as the uh, the the driver's side uh, fender was damaged, and I think the the front end was damaged a bit. Uh, yeah, there was, the there was slight unibody damage, not much. So you sold that to Matt, and 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 what's going on with it now? Well, I'm pretty sure when I was in Mexico, Matt was over there eyeing it every day. <laughs> <laughs> you think he had plans for it, huh? Oh yeah, he had to have because. It wasn't a couple of days after I went over there and, you know, shook hands saying it was his and he, he gave me $200 for the, for the scrap or for the, for the body. He already had things bought for it and going on it and it, he was on a roll. It was, it was amazing what he accomplished in about two or three weeks. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think it's pretty funny too about, uh, he had a, and this is the thing. I can't sit on stuff when I have them. I have to, I have to do something with them. And he had been sitting on that engine that he re- rebuilt for a while, which of course he was going to put into his. Uh, I think it's a '92 that he has. Yeah, that white one. Yeah, and um, and it was just very convenient, very opportune that that, mm-hmm. that this situation happened, and that '97 came available. Um, so. Yep, he's got the the 4.0 that he rebuilt. He's got that in it. Runs great. Very very smooth engine. Oh yeah. And um, uh, he recently got the uh, six and a half inch uh, Rough Country long arm uh, kit, 
and I think he's got half of that installed, which is just basically the um, uh, the rear leaf springs right now. Um, got a whole set of uh, JK wheels and tires. The wheel spacers to adapt them and everything. Yep, wheel spacers to adapt them. And, he straightened uh, out the front unibody, got a fender for it, um, the whole, uh, not the headlight bezel, the front clip. Yeah, the front. Placed. Yeah, the front, uh, the nose part. I forget what it's called. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be very nice. It's black, too. So. But he does need some bumpers. Yep, he does. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mentioned that to him the other day. He had posted up. Um, he's got a, uh, for, for those of you that are, are, are not XJ Talk members, which we encourage you to be, um, he has been posting his build up on the site. And uh, I think it's uh, something, uh, the dark side. So if you can just, you can just do the search for XJ Talk dark side uh, on Google and you'll be able to find it and see the, see the images. And uh, yeah, I told him just the other day, I said, it looks nice, but it needs some bumpers. It definitely needs some bumpers. But you know, Matt, Matt has it all planned and he, he's already got, yeah, he, he doesn't, knows he doesn't exactly. get ahead of himself and he knew what bumpers he was going to get before I sold it to him. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that a bit. Um, and, and the fact that he had this motor available, that actually came up as soon as mine blew. Um, I, well, I knew everybody that, that, that's talked to him or that's in the Houston area and on, on the forum, they're all familiar with what he does and, and the motor swap or the motor rebuild that he was doing. And I, I, I had enough courage to, to ask him for a huge favor. And I said, you, you mind if I break in that motor of yours for you? <laughs> 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 this was, you know, and his, he, his answer was going to be no, but that wasn't necessarily because he, he wouldn't let me do it, but it wasn't ready. That was the thing. I, I didn't know it wasn't done. I thought it was pretty much wrapped up. He doesn't but, go fast. Uh, he, he doesn't go fast. He, he does it right. Oh, Absolutely. That's that's for darn sure. <laughs> yep, and that's why one of the reasons why I was real happy that he agreed to uh, put put my four point together, or technically my four point one. Oh, isn't isn't technically that my engine block? Uh, no, that's that's Rini's old block. Okay. Oh yeah, because Matt, the, yeah, <laughs> the one that Matt rebuilt was my old engine block. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, he has a bunch of them laying around there. That's a nice oh, thing about having that shop. <laughs> I know he's got he's got my old my 307 gears front and rear axles out there. Um, got my old engine block with the blown head. I was going to ask you about that. Did, have you noticed a big difference between uh, going from the 307 to the the 355s? Off the line acceleration for sure. Uh, How is I it on the highway? I, I can use fifth gear now. It's there nice. you go. That's what I was figuring. Because, see, I, got, um, I have the same situation with my wife's TJ because it's 307 gears and uh, it's a five speed, whatever the, whatever it is. I think it's a five speed. Yeah, it's a five speed. And I found uh, on a, a recent trip, I can't drive in fifth gear. I mean, even if it's on a flat surface. That's, that's, if, you have to be drafting for, to be able to hold your speed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drafting or downhill, it, otherwise, You'll go into it for thirty seconds, and then you're downshifting. Yep, exactly. So yeah, that's that's. I was kind of curious about that. I mean, uh, she's got thirty twos on there. We'll go thirty threes whenever uh, those tires need to be replaced. 
And that's what I was thinking was uh, some uh, 355 gears. I mean, I was thinking 410s, but I don't want to get too far, uh, too too high, because this isn't going to be an off-road vehicle. It's just uh, something fun three, for her to drive. I think what the 355s did for mine with 33s is kind of what Matt, you know, expected it to, and I kind of bought into it a little bit, and I, I think it's true. It, it, it's back to factory almost. Yeah. Um, with, I think it might be just a hair low, right, with, but it, with, it's with right the, there. Right, with the benefit of the larger tires and the, the increased ground clearance, but but still your the gearing is back to factory, which really wakes up the wakes the Jeep up. It really gets it going and just feels like it was before, just better. Yeah, and I guess I guess that rem- reminds me of something else that's happened with this motor um, in the four months that I've had it now, which don't surprise me. I, I know that the... The exhaust header was had the typical small crack at the um, at the collector, and uh, well, it's it's completely cracked all the way around now on 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 either the front the front three cylinder bank or the rear bank. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one, but it's it's completely cracked off at the at the collector for the header. So that's one of my soon. To have corrected expenses, right? And the driver's side motor mount is deteriorating at uh, an alarming rate. Mm. <laughs> and that's what you were talking about today. Whenever you uh, on the chat, XJ Talk chat, you said something about those uh, Brown Dog motor mounts. Yeah, I'm looking. At, I'm looking to get those. Um, I don't know if I. I should go ahead and get the whole, the whole setup, both the the mount and the engine side mount. Well you, know, well, you know the direction Matt's going on that, right? What's that? He's just getting the part that mounts to the block. And using the stock motor right. mounts? Yep, the stock motor mounts that uh, that go to the, the frame or the unibody. Um, I, I call it a frame, but it's actually a unibody. So, What's his reasoning behind that? Uh, so he is he doesn't have uh, incur any dental exp- expenses from his teeth chattering. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's some of the things I read about the brown dog. Is it the the chassis feels a whole lot more than motor? Yeah, that they have the classic polyurethane, and then um, the yeah. I, I just I just read the whole descriptions for him. You yeah, know? well, you know, you know what I'm talking about then. And uh, uh, I spoke with Matt about it, and uh, he said that. Uh, uh, he recommended to me this is and this is uh, this is after uh, Dalton or Dalton four by four or Bear uh, yeah. made his trip in here to Texas from uh, Virginia. Have, I think. have you seen his passenger side motor mount yet? No, I haven't, and that's what Matt said. He goes, <laughs> he said, uh, you know, I'm thinking about getting some Brown Dog motor mounts. I said, really? You know, I was a little surprised because I was the one that brought that up to him originally. And I said, really? Why? And he says, well, I, I saw, <laughs> I saw Dalton's <laughs> motor mount. It's completely gone. It's the, yeah. The, the the mounts on the block are completely broken off. The mounts and whatever you call the uh, the housing for for where you screw it in the bolt. Yep. So uh, so yeah. He destroyed. said he said uh, and it's a great running engine and it's just just a shame. And uh, he said you you know you might want to look at those brown dog motor mounts because I had pretty much uh, given up on it. I was looking actually looking at the smaller ones, not the not the big ones. The big ones I really liked, but I didn't see much much sense in it. Yeah, and then, and they have the he, smaller ones that have what four and five. I think it's just three. It's it's just factory. Yeah, and then they have larger ones that have seven and eight, right? Uh, I thought the big ones were five. 
but I may be wrong on that. Five mount points. So anyway, I've uh, because uh, Matt was telling me about his concerns on the, the the mounting points and how good an engine running engine that was that Dalton has, and how it's a shame that it doesn't have any uh, places to attach the motor mount to on one side of the engine, which I'm sure is on the on the driver's side because that's the motor mount that I kept going through uh, on mine. It's the one that gets the most of the torque. Uh, well, the, the one that's missing on his, it's actually on the passenger side. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, that Somebody just screwed it up then. <laughs> yeah, that's what he thinks. And what he's actually got, his motor mount right now, is um, part of the uh, jack handle, the stock jack handle, with the little bottle jack that comes with our Jeeps. Right. He's got it broken off to where it, it it's... Uh, where it has that bend, so you can kind of use it like a, like a wheel or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. He's got that wedged in there between the uh, the unibody and the motor. See, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story, similar to yours, not quite as complex. Because <laughs> he drove, he came from Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. So he drove that thing in this in that configuration from Virginia to Texas. I mean, we do what we have to do, of course, but. You know, and he went. He took it off roading back when I went off roading about four <laughs> weeks ago. That's right. I forgot about that. So anyway, I, 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 th- I think that's what what he's going to do once he gets settled in and and, and finds him a job here. He's uh, going to get a, a brown dog motor mount. He's going to get one of those large ones like like I ordered. And and again, uh, getting to where I was going with this, I, I actually ordered a set of those, just the ones that go to the block, because as Matt was recommending. You know, get you go ahead and get these things because now you have whatever it is, five to seven mounting points on the block. So now the stress from the block is going to be spread over more connection points. So it should cause, uh, it should uh, mean that the it's not going to break off those little nipples that are on there. So I feel like it would, it would also make the, it would be smoother. I don't know. Like the engine won't be able to rock forward and back so much. Yeah, it's that actually that probably is true. So anyway, uh, I got a set of those. I believe Matt's gonna. Well, I don't have them yet. I ordered them. Found out they were ten days uh, behind schedule because they've they've had so many orders. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, I was I was real surprised by that. So uh, they're they're a little behind. And uh, the I actually got an email from them a couple of days ago saying that they were uh, they would be in production in the next 12 to 72 hours and just waiting to hear uh, or rather see another email about them being shipped and and as I did with a lot of my parts I'm having them shipped straight to uh, to Matt's house uh, Matt's wife is uh, getting uh, to know the the Federal Express and the UPS guy even better because you know Matt gets stuff too but <laughs> oh, oh yeah. so. So much of the stuff that has just been going and going and going. I mean, I got a, I'm getting a new flywheel. I mean, I rather I got a new flywheel. I've got a new uh, header to go on there. I I wanted to make sure that once we we went through all this work, that I had as close to a brand new engine as possible. And you know, if I were to do it, that's that's the way I'd want to do it too. It may not be the way I would end up with it, but that's what I would hope for. Right. I, I'm just in a in a good spot where I'm able to do things like that right now and. Uh, uh, I, I figure, why the hell not? So, uh, Patrick, I just want to thank you very much for the the much longer story than what I anticipated we would be talking about, but it was very interesting. And uh, um, 
Gosh, I'm glad you. I'm really. I was root. I was rooting for you the whole time. Uh, I was asking I Matt. <laughs> I was asking Matt. Uh, have you heard anything from Patrick? Is he? Is he broken <laughs> down? Is he yeah, still he, going? He kept, he kept texting me on the way down. Once I got a notice from a text message from Verizon saying, "Now that you're in Mexico, text messages are like twenty-five or fifty cents to send and ten cents to receive." Amazing. If you don't want this, turn your phone off. <laughs> Gosh. Well, they, yeah, it's great that they do that. I guess a lot of people complained. Oh yeah, it was it was beneficial. I I was able to check in with Matt and check in with my brother and stuff. You know, Patrick, thanks a lot, and uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Absolutely, I got plenty of other stories. Anytime you want. <laughs> any any UFO, any uh, underwear backward type things? No. Well, I had a I had a strange Jeep Wagoneer on the back of my Jeep one time. Ooh, um, would have been nice if you had had babies. i wish they still would make them all right man thanks a lot not a problem tony well that's another xjtalk.com show we hope you enjoyed it hope you enjoyed the uh the interview and uh, this week's jeep tip if you'd like to be involved in the jeep tip whole thing uh it's really easy to do we just need to have something that would be simple for uh most people to uh, due to their Jeep, something short, something easy to understand. And if you would like to uh, come on and uh, give your Jeep tip, we would be happy to have you. Just uh, send an email to uh, interview at xjtalk.com. That's interview at xjtalk.com. And uh, it doesn't matter if you are in the United States or anywhere in the world because uh, Skype, we can do the uh, Jeep tip over Skype uh, as long as you have a a uh, decent uh, internet connection, and uh, a computer that you can run Skype on. So uh, consider it. Don't be shy. And uh, my my goal is I'd like to get lots of our members or people that are just interested in Jeeps uh, giving their uh, various Jeep tips. So uh, consider that and uh, contact us. You can always contact me on uh, xjtalk.com. I'm Mutteroy. And just send me a PM. Of course, you can send it to any of the moderators that are on there, and uh, they'll get you in contact with me and get the thing set up. Now, if you're in the United States, it's real simple. We can just do it over a standard landline phone, and I can even give you a call. We got one of those uh, new fancy uh, call anywhere in the United States for the same price uh, deals. I think most people have that these days anyway, so it's probably more common than fancy. But anyway, that's our show for this week. Next week, who knows? Maybe something more interesting than this week. But how could that be? If you haven't visited xjtalk.com yet, please uh, take a a few moments to do that. If you're just not a forum person, uh, hop on Facebook and uh, friend us, facebook.com slash xjtalk. And, uh, you know, you might see enough interesting things on uh, our Facebook posts that's going to make you want to come on over to xjtalk.com and and check it out. If you uh, have a Jeep Cherokee, now, I I will say, everybody's welcome. You don't have to have a Jeep Cherokee to be a member of xjtalk.com, but obviously, it's going to be more interesting for you. But with that said, even if you have a two-wheel drive XJ Talk, I'm sorry, (laughs) even if you have a two-wheel drive XJ, You're still welcome. We still want to know about your Jeep. We want to see pictures of it. We want to see how you're using it. How many miles do you have on it? Uh, We can help you uh, answer some questions about little noises, little knocks, little things that happen. It'll save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. 
Uh, our goal is really just to have a fun place to go and hang out and help each other. So uh, it's kind of a side benefit, uh, saving money at the same time. So come over and see us. And uh, it really is true. When you're not off-road, you should be at xjtalk.com. So until next week, this is uh, Tony Mu- Tony Mutteroy on xjtalk.com saying, uh, well, have a good week. xjtalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Mm, yeah, I guess green jeeps are okay.